welcome to Sheffield Hopcast. Uh, with it being the three-year anniversary of us going into lockdown, we thought, for old times' sake, what we'll do is we'll record an episode online rather than being in the pub. So that's what we're doing. You'll be pleased to know, in terms of the technology, it's been a huge success. We've not had any problems whatsoever. Everyone just joined the recording session seamlessly. <coughs> Might not be entirely true, but we've ironed out the technical bugs, and uh, and yes, we're back. And um, the the truth of it just being, we just couldn't find a way of getting us all in the same actual room at the same time. So we decided to go with a virtual room because that's the world that we live in now, isn't it? Um, so we've got everyone here. We've got Laura. Hello. Hello. And uh, we've got Adam. Hello. Uh, and we've got Sean. Hello, everybody. Uh, Sean, we're going to allow you exactly 10 seconds of football gloating and then you're banned from mentioning it from the rest of the podcast. So your 10 seconds starts now. All right. Um, I thought Sheffield Wednesday played really well. That's not me being patronising. You did play well. We still won 4-2. Right, your time is up. 10 seconds done. That's it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well done. All right, cool. So no more football talk in this podcast. We're just going to talk about beers. Uh, we've obviously got Sheffield Beer Week to uh, to reflect on. It feels like quite a way back now, but um, lots of events and stuff for us to talk about. First of all, let's do beers uh, and let's go to Adam first. Well, I think I've gone for a possible Hopcast first Sheffield Brewery Ooh. beer on the pod. And uh, Little Critters. I don't think we've done any before. Oh, I'm sure we've done Sheffield beers. Or oh, you mean Little Critters first time? Yeah, we never, we have never featured. Yeah, a brewery from Sheffield that we've never featured for. I think oh, right. we've yeah. had Naughty Ambassador on before. Yeah. Oh, we have. Yes, yeah. we have. I don't think I've ever like drunk one in this kind of format, though. We know we've done nothing, but yeah, two episode two. That. Okay. Just what what is the what is the beer? Um, I've gone for um, Sea Monster, which is. Um, Stronger than I thought, Sean. I don't, I don't remember putting this on the shelf at 6.5%. It says it's citrus infused, but I don't know if that's a special version or whether that's just the standard one or not. That is that is the standard version. Got some citrus fruit running through it. So, yeah, you've got the uh, the nailed on uh, proper job there. Nice. Very good. Um, right, Sean, what are you going for? Well, um, the weekend has got quite a bit of a Belgium vibe with the... Uh, Oval being celebrated across the world over the week, uh, the world over the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. I also watched uh, some cycling Velengem on TV yesterday afternoon, so I'm very much still in a Belgian mood. So I've gone for a beer that I think is a world leader within its field, give or take the odd. Um, a, a occasional release, but it's a style of beer that the UK. Uh, seems to have um, stopped stopped brewing is, is probably the wrong phrase, but uh, in, in the classic sense, most saisons now brewed in the UK tend to be mixed fermentation saisons, and I've gone for a, a saison de pont, which um, is an absolute classic spicy Belgian saison, and um, loads of UK brewers were doing them back six, seven, eight years ago, but I still think this is the best. Six and a half percent. And so celebrating Belgium with a, a cheeky Monday season. Just, just say, say the name of it again. I like the way that you say it. Uh, Saison de Pont. 
Saison de Pont. That's brilliant. That's yeah. very short. Saison de Ponte end. (laughs) (laughs) We told you, uh, uh, not allowed. Uh, Right then, to Laura. Uh, So I I think I might have had this beer on the pod before, um, but I've gone for an alcohol-free choice because Sheffield Beer Week and the week that followed it were particularly beery. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've got a race on Sunday that I've been training for. So last week and this week, I'm trying to just ease off a bit. Um, so it's Kaiser Dom Pink Grapefruit, which I'm sure I've had this on here before because, or I've at least talked about it because even though it's definitely talked about it, completely alcohol free, but I believe it to be better than shot, which I know is a it's a big claim, but it's just really delicious. I wish it was a bit warmer outside. I wish I was sat in the garden. This time last year, I don't know if anyone can remember, the weather was absolutely beautiful and it was really yeah. warm. My Facebook memories is full of pictures of me in the park with a can of beer and now it's like grey and gloomy and freezing cold. But bring in the sunshine with my pink grapefruit kaiser dom. Very nice. I have got one of those actually in my cupboard and I nearly put it in the fridge last night thinking, oh, I'll use that as my, literally thinking I'll use that as my beer tonight because I know Laura's talked about it before. Um, so there we go. Also, I think there's there may well be something quite interesting going on here with three of us having the same glass as well. <laughs> I noticed Adam has his Indie Beer Feast glass. Laura, that drink looks a magnificent colour, by the way, um, has got hers. Sean, you're letting the side down a bit here. Uh, I had to go with a Belgian glass. I don't have a saison de font. It's not far so off, I, though. That it's not. I've, I've gone with I've gone with the Struis. What I like about the Indie Beer Feast glass, firstly, it's a full-on goblet because it's huge. I mean, obviously, you can't you can't see it, but it's it's a pint glass done in the style of what you'd expect to be a half pint glass. Um, but also for when you're transporting a beer to your desk to sit down and do a podcast, you can fit a can of beer inside the glass <laughs> to carry it. And then take it out, so it's perfect. Um, it, has the, so, it has the ability to look absolutely enormous, like your like perspective-wise. I mean, never know if we release this video or not, but it just looks massive. It's <laughs> basically it's, massive. it's a stem glass, isn't it? Do you call them a stem glass, which you normally yeah. expect in it as a half glass, but it's a pint, so it's just like a massive version of like a tulip slash stem glass. I think um, it is bigger than my head. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's massive. Become our, it's become our second uh, backup gin glass as well. It kind of works in that almost. Yeah, that's something you'd expect a gin and tonic to be served in a fancy bar, isn't it? Topped mm. up to the to the top with um, with ice. Um, so my beer, I'm I'm still off the the, the booze at the moment. So um, this is one from my. 0.5% collection, um, and this is from Fierce. It's called Fierce Hazy 0.5. It's described as a hazy IPA, uh, which I think they made with Mash Gang, who were kind of kings of the alcohol-free beers at the at the moment. Yes, it was. Um, so described as full-bodied hazy IPA loaded with um, notes of juicy tropical stone fruit and fresh zesty citrus. What I have noticed in my... Um, whatever it is, two and a bit months of being um, uh, almost alcohol-free, with the exception of Indie Beer Feast, which we'll talk about in a bit, 
um, is that uh, the uh, variation in quality is just insane. Some of them are absolutely shite, like really bad, and some of them are just fantastic. So this is what I've been hanging on to for a special occasion because I'm thinking I've got high hopes for Fierce. Um, so Fierce jumper on. This is yeah, perfect. There Thank we go. You. So um, yes. Um, no pressure on fierce here, but I am expecting this to be good. It's a good can actually for an alcohol-free beer as well. You know what? Have, I think I think it was today. Fierce um, unveiled their rebrand, and all of their core range now looks like that can, but all different colours. They've got rid of the animals and the black and white theme, and they've gone for just the hop design <laughs> on different coloured cans. It's very striking. The other good thing about this class, of course, is that it'll fit a full four forty mil cannon, which um, is is a rarity these days. So there we go, Mike. That's it's proper beer colour. This for an alcohol free um, beer, very impressive, very impressive. Um, where are we going to start then? Talking about beer week, I think the only place we probably can start is with Sean to talk about Battle of the Beers because I know nothing of this. I kept away from it all on social media, thinking I want to save my. Um, you know, reaction to be entirely organic when he tells us what ha- what happened. Uh, I've not obviously been used to defeat for a long time watching Barnsley, but uh, uh, I'm sad to report that uh, a defeat for for myself and Beer Central was uh, uh, the outcome of the night. But the outcome's not really what it's all about, is it? It were a fantastic night. It's not when you lose, is it? No, no. Never about the outcome when you lose. No, and you, you would you would agree with that, I'm sure. Uh, the the Thursday of Sheffield Beer Week, a little bit like the Wednesday and a little bit like the Friday, was a very snowy affair. So um, we had uh, 29. I think we, we in the end we managed to scrape the the 30. 29 who, who said that they were coming out of the 30 made it to the crew. So congratulations to everybody that did. And then there was a quick flip-flop to make it 30 pretty late on. So we were all sat inside, nice and cosy, uh, nice big windows showing the snow pouring down outside. But nobody uh, seemed to, to give a, a monkey's. Um, so first beer was IPA. Uh, Adam went with a, a gorgeous little uh, beak IPA. Um, I made the foolish mistake of going too big and too early. And so we went with a triple IPA from uh, Track and Other Half. And so the uh, the bright lights of Track and Other, other Half are, uh, um, got me knocking up a, a bloody triple IPA as the first beer of the night. So Adam won that one. Second beer of the night. Um, I haven't even got a bloody clue um, what it was, so it would have been a sour. I think he had a brocariat sour. We went with an Omnipolo uh, Bianca, and uh, both very good, close scoring. Adam went 2-0 up. Third round was mystery. Adam did a little white stout. Shakespeare's and the crew had collaborated with Brodie's on a macadamia nut white stout. Oh, yeah. Um, we went with... Um, for the third beer, a Little Earth Project White Horse Reserve uh, Saison, mixed fermentation, and that one, um, make it 2-1. Final beer of the night was Stout, and I've forgotten what Adam went with. It was very nice, barrel-aged. We went with Siren, uh, 30-month bourbon barrel-aged Chateau Dream Nitro, and it was a phenomenal beer, probably the best beer I've 
I've had this year. Uh, certainly the thickest beer I've had in in probably three or four years. Um, so that made it to all. So what we do, because we don't like a draw, we went to a, a, a blanket vote across the 30 people there on the night and Adam and the crew, uh, well-deserved, squeezed it 16-14. Mm. So it was very, very close. Oh, but, so close. Uh, no, no cigar again, of course. What would you have... I mean, 16-14 is so ridiculously tight. If it had been 15 all, what would you have done? How would you have settled it? Would it have been a uh, fight well, outside in the car well, park? Yeah, we, what, what I've tried to go for the last two years, when it's been two all uh, this year and last year, I thought we should have a dance-off and um, <laughs> and everyone else in the in the pub thought there should be a dance-off as well. I'd got my uh, track selected for the dance-off, um, which was D-I-S-C-O um, is what I was going to dance to. Uh, but Adam just re- blankly refuses to take me on at dancing. Um, the world's uh, most average dancer, so it would need to be it would need to be bad um, to uh, to lose to me. But there you go, I've got the confidence for it. But he won't go dance off. So sixteen fourteen, everybody had a lovely night. Everybody made it home alive. Our van got snowed in at the crow, so we couldn't drive that the following morning. Uh, so uh, uh, a fantastic night. Really enjoyed it. Excellent. That's awesome. It's, I, it's actually quite nice that it was so close. It shows that you both did such amazing jobs of picking beers out. So, um, so well done. Anything else yeah. from you, Sean? Then for um, for for beer week, uh, we uh, didn't with the, with the snow that we got and the the various bits and pieces of weather. Didn't actually get involved um, in uh, in any other things. Enjoyed seeing lots of customers and friends like yourselves at Indie Beer Feast. We were working on the Friday and Saturday, so couldn't get there. And But was amazed, actually, absolutely amazed, because <clears throat> um, I hadn't recognised where Trafang- uh, Trafalgar Warehouse was, the new venue for Indie Beer Feast, and was just having a walk uh, um, out uh, uh, maybe 10 days ago from the shop and it literally is just a two three minutes walk from the the shop so yeah so i couldn't believe how close it was um and 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 plenty of of people popped in uh, on their way there and on their way back and particularly funny the people were calling in on the saturday afternoon having been to the afternoon session so we had a rowdy last hour in the shop on the the saturday afternoon with uh, indie beer feast revelers, we'll call them. Excellent, excellent. So, did so. I'm guessing the fact we all have glasses suggests that the other three of us all went to indie um, indie beer feast. So, um, Laura, what did you make of it? I really enjoyed it. So, I kind of doubled up almost. I went on the Friday evening, having drinky fun times uh, with. Um, We'd brewed a beer with Full Circle Brewery on the Friday. So um, Sandy and Joe, who were two of the brew team there, came to Indie Beer Feast with us, had a really lovely evening. Um, And then I was back on Saturday on the other side of the bar um, serving beer, which was also really enjoyable. Um, Yeah, really good. Um, My favourite beer was a Little Earth Project. Um, Bretted barley wine, I think which I was trying to be relatively sensible on Friday night 
and then um, I had a little tiny taste of this barley wine. It's it's Life Gym Mark Two, I think it's called. It's fifteen percent, and I had a tiny taste, and it made me cry. So I was like, I'm going to buy that because it, it was just so unbelievably delicious. Um, so yeah, that was my beer of the festival. Um, but yeah, really good fun, really lovely atmosphere. Um, you know, even towards the end, it, it didn't seem to get to the point where everybody suddenly drunk and wary like everyone was just really happy to be there and uh, was busy without being overwhelmingly packed yeah um just cheery lovely festival i thought yep i'm gonna i'm gonna echo that i went on the saturday night um i'm assuming neither of you there on the saturday night because if you were i didn't i didn't see you um but nice feeling there um it actually felt like i'm not sure what was different but it felt like they just organized the place a little bit differently to the year before and it just felt a little bit more complete um than last year where it, it just something just didn't quite sit quite right for me with the venue and the way that laid everything out but um this time um felt different and yeah you're right it didn't feel too packed um some good beers my and um you're not you're not paying me to say this but i'm gonna say the abbeydale cloud peak 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 is that what i'm not making that cloud, up, am I? that was peak. that was probably my favorite beer because i just thought um for the percentage it's at loads and loads of flavor really really nice um loved loved that um good to see some of the abbeydale team there as well and um just really nice it's a bit weird for me because i'd not had a beer for like a month and a half, two months or whatever it was up to then. So I was a bit nervous before going about. I was a bit worried that I'll have a couple of beers and then not be able to talk or anything. But it it does the good thing about it is it's the kind of event where you absolutely can pace yourself however you want. There's no you don't feel it's not like a beer festival where it's like drink as much as you can as quickly as you can. It really is quite chilled. Um because it's not because it's just done on a buy each beer as you go so you don't you're not kind of like desperately trying to spend all your tokens and stuff like that so it was really well suited actually i think to um first kind of alcohol for quite a while for for me um and yeah had some really nice beers i've not touched any booze since i don't know if that's related to um to, to that night but um it was um it was really good what did you make of it adam <laughs> yeah i enjoyed it i went on the saturday early session I think I only made a decision a few days before, and there were, I think, uh, I think, they, I think something like there was one ticket available, so I had to sort of ask, uh, ask nicely if um, Jules could release another one so that I could quickly buy two. Which said, well, there is a few that I can actually release. So thanks, Jules, for that because it was good. I agree with exactly what you said. Actually, last year I won't really feel it. For one, I was really strictly gluten free last last time, and there was probably only apart from Abbeydale, taking Abbeydale out of the equation. There was virtually nothing <laughs> of what I remembered, um, but I've kind of I've bent the rules a bit now, and it seems to be all right. So I, yeah, had a really good time. Went to one of the sessions with Dan from St Mars and Pete Brown. They did a little because they had these little talks rooms which fit in about nine people. Um, so that was quite nice. We're talking about their is it a, is it a, a Brune they've done or something? Um, yeah, sort of like a five percent brown, like a Belgian sort of brown beer. So they were, Talking about that and dishing out samples of that, so enjoyed that. Um, yeah, um, I can't remember. You might be able to remember, um, Laura. There were a brewery about halfway down that long wall, a Manchester brewery, which I've ne- I don't think I've ever come across them before. But there were a lot of people saying how good their beers were. Sure shot. Yes, that's the one. 
Um, they, were, they were really good. I think it might have been you actually that sort of pointed me that direction. But I, I, there were quite a few people sort of talking about them. They're really good, like sort of six percent. Here's the IPA from them that was really really nice. I had the Colonel Simmons at the bit at the bitter one that did that. that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and a few other things. A couple of little Earth projects. We went kind of took a random two halves, and then I I think I picked the bad one out of the two because the other one was absolutely stunning. And it just, even though the other one wasn't bad, I would just, you know, be like, oh, I wish, can we swap? Because I really like yours better than mine. So, but yeah, the good time. I agree with it layout a bit better. I think probably the seating last time, they probably put too much in to the point where they just, just weren't anywhere to move. And I think they'd loosen that up a bit, put a few more sort of scattered sort of barrels and stuff that you could sit around. And yeah, just sort of, I think just, yeah, we just, yeah, enjoyed it. Yeah, really enjoyed it. Glad I went. I'm glad I made that decision. At uh, there was, uh, I, I don't know if I made a note of who the brewery was, uh, but there was a, a, a smoked uh, doppelbock uh, that was really nice. I did take a photo of the label, but I'd obviously had a few beers by that point and the photo was a little bit blurry, so um, I, I can't read much of it, but um, that was really good as well. Um, there were, they did have like two or three kind of unusual beers there as well and it was just enough at the end of it i kind of thought do you know what i think i've tried everything that i wanted to try and didn't feel like uh this again that that pressure of must rush and squeeze in all these beers that i've not had a chance to to have so that was um that was pretty good uh this is where i have to confess that it was the only event that i did for sheffield beer week um didn't get along to anything else um at laura i'm hoping that you kind of lived out beer week on on my behalf as well as your own <laughs> What, what else did you get up to? I did. I had a very busy week. Um, we <coughs> went to a wilderness beer and cheese pairing at Walkley Beer Co. on the Monday night, which was absolutely fantastic. It was so good. Um, I don't get up to Walkley Beer Co. that much just because it's that kind of bit extra out of the way for me. But we had to go to get the tickets the week before. And then we went, obviously, for the event and definitely somewhere I'll make more of an effort to go to um really great beer lineup anyway um I think they had a north tap takeover on the rest of the week um but yeah the the wilderness night was exceptional all the beers were great James who's their owner and brewer came up and he's absolutely delightful um and Nathan Jay had just put so much effort into you know selecting the cheeses there was lovely bread there was even tomatoes we were like how how have you got hold of these magical items? Um, but yeah, just really lovely evening. Um, on the Tuesday, uh, our running club, Steel City Striders, uh, did a little beer week event. They often do a night run from and to a pub, um, and they did it from the Rising Sun in Fullwood. Um, so I went along to that. Um, all the runners got a can of Cloud Peak for coming and we all had a drink after, so that was nice. Um, Wednesday, I went a bit rogue. We went to uh, Starmore Boss for an absinthe tasting, <laughs> which okay. wasn't beer week related, but was still very fun. Um, but on the way, uh, we popped into the stag um, on Salter Lane that had a stone tap takeover on, just had the stone IPA classic, really, really great. Um, I think Thursday we managed to stay in with the snow um, and then Friday took refuge in the Sheafew because we finished work early because of how snowy it was um, and then finally on the Saturday went to Hop Hideout for their running club 
uh, down to Smod and back. We ended up doing it as a walk because it was so icy, um, but really <clears> nice. We saw a kingfisher on the way, had a lovely couple of beers at St. Mars and then went back to Hop Hideout for uh, the little Pomona cider that Jules had got for beer week as well. So packed a lot in. Excellent. Sorry, sounds like it sounds like you like did some good stuff there. That sounds good. I keep forgetting about the fact that it did snow so much, didn't it, back end of the week? Because I was out of the country, so um kind of missed all that. But yeah, it was really uh, it was really bad. My mum said it was the worst snow she's ever seen, but she says that every time it snows. So I'm not sure how reliable that is. Um, what about B week for you, Adam? Yeah, just that for me, really. Um, nothing else. Um, yeah, I kind of don't really get much choice, much chance to do it. Sort of like multiple times in a week, really, with the family and stuff. So, um, yeah, just stuck to the main event. But um, sounds like there's sounds like it's been a good one again. I like that it's kind of keeping going and people that the momentum is like, you know, people still doing these independent sort of events and stuff. And it's not kind of like just fritted fritted away over the years. It's still so, so even people really got interested in making their own of it as well. So, yeah. What really I was good. really pleased with as well because every other year it's because it I think it was 10 years ago next year when it first started because it was original don't know if anybody remembers it was mm. to coincide with beer x that's a trade exhibition being on mm. in Sheffield at the same time um and that's in Liverpool now so in recent years well COVID aside obviously but for the the last few Sheffield beer weeks that have happened I've missed the middle of the week because I've been over in Liverpool for work uh, but Beer X was a week later, this, or Sheffield Beer Week fell a week earlier, whichever it was. Right. Um, but that meant that I was around for the whole week, which was a really nice change. Um, and then went to Liverpool the week after for more beer-related shenanigans. So. Tell us about tell us about that then. What was that like? Because I used to, I only ever went to it once, but the Beer X thing when it was, uh, I can't remember where it was in Sheffield, but when it was in Ice. Sheffield. Was it? Yeah, I, it was near the arena, wasn't it? I Sheffield or where Ice. it was. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Was it the first time that we ever met Adam in person? Yeah, that's where that's where the idea sort of, sort of bumps into each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a special a special moment. Who would have thought? All these years later, here we are. Um, what was it? What was it like this year? It was good fun. So it's uh, they've removed the kind of public beer festival element of it. Um, so it's trade only. Um, but Liverpool um, pubs and bars do get quite involved in the evenings. Um, we went over a day early because we were helping out with an event at uh, Kane's Brewery, which has actually just stopped brewing. But their um, event space is really, really cool, like really oldie-worldie kind of pub. Traditional beers, but really well-made and really nice. Um, and then we went out with Josh from Turning Point, took us to a few pubs, uh, including the Grapes and the Roscoe Head, which are quite well-known. Uh, and then we went to a couple, like a student-y kind of dive bar called Pilgrim, which was really fun, and a pub called Crap, which is like a, it's a bit like if you imagine, uh, kind of like if you brought the White Lion into the 1950s, all those kind of like little cubicle rooms, but a bit less antique <laughs> more kind of like retro. Uh, yeah, 50s, 60s kind of vibe. Um, and we also <coughs> do Azvex and Carnival breweries. Uh, so it was nice to have a little nosy around those. Um, and yeah, then the uh, exhibition itself, sort of meeting suppliers, really good 
networking with other brewers. Um, we were shortlisted for a business award, which we didn't win. But then the day after, we were in the national finals of the beer competition, and Black Mass won in Cannes. Excellent. So that was very exciting. Um, so yeah, it's been a very full-on but very rewarding couple of weeks, I'd say. Pretty good um, results for Sheffield generally because um, you guys just win the one award, or was it two you got? It was kind of two because we won the category and then the overall oh, right. uh, champion thing. But triple uh, but, point yeah, one, didn't they? Triple point one for one of their lagers. The Vienna. Um, I think they went Vienna Lager, wasn't it? It was a Vienna one. I think one. so, yeah. Um, and then uh, it was the business awards that we were at as well. Uh, Nick from Hop yeah. Forward won... Um, won one of those so uh that was really really good to see he was he was i was very proud of him yeah, yeah. really pleased really pleased for him puts a lot of work yeah. into what he does and it's just really nice to see it paying off for him yeah um it was worth being there for that so. technically um thornbridge sheffield sheffield's on thornbridge won something as well so uh... <laughs> <laughs> what so when they win something we claim them as ours don't we? that's uh that's that's the way that's the way it works um not heard from Sean for a while, apart from your little coughing fit a minute ago. Uh, how's your beer? Yeah, excuse my uh, little cough there. Uh, my beer is excellent. I want to correct something that I said earlier about this beer and this style. Uh, St. Mars of the Desert are routinely knocking out this style um, to a fantastic level. So uh, whilst a, a lot have gone down the mixed fermentation route in terms of saisons, uh, the old classic golden spiced yeasty says on St. Mars um, can do we're almost with their eyes closed. And so uh, I should point that out. Yeah, it's fantastic, as I expected. Uh, Laura, to celebrate uh, Black Mass, um, I've got a can of that in the fridge next to have. Uh, it's It's been a, um, a favourite beer of mine for a long time. I was elated when you um, changed the can to Black IPA from sultry, from sultry dark ale, and uh, it also takes me back to a, uh, I might have mentioned before a couple of beer festivals that I went to um, many years ago, Barnsley Camera, well before Beer Central, whilst I was I was teaching, and I I went with a mate of my dad's called Derek Derek Bates, who sadly departed now, but he got there on the night. His first drink was Black Mass. And he sucked black mass all night long and um, wouldn't, despite there being dozens and dozens of other beers, he would not budge. And then subsequently went to a few festivals after with him as well. Um, Magner and, and um, the, the Rotherham Camera one. And all he sucked all night long at all of the festivals I ever went with him was black mass. <laughs> so... Uh, so he uh, um, he was ahead of the game in in knowing that, and he, he would have been delighted to see that you won the the national award from Seba, but really well deserved. <laughs> I, I was trying to figure out what was going on there. It was as if the, the, <laughs> someone just suddenly moved into the middle of some kind of racetrack or something for a, for a, for a second. I don't know where, don't know where that came from. Um, good stuff, Adam. What should be like? Yeah, really good. It's gone. It's gone. It's, it's gone already. Yeah. Well, I, I, is, it, to be honest, I don't. 
I don't like it when people put loads of adjuncts in it, even if it's just sort of fruit, but that really nicely balanced. They didn't put too much in it if they've put some sort of fruit in it. I would I would probably say if you're the same as me, you wouldn't really know. You just, it's got like a really, really nice balanced beer. It's quite, yeah, quaffable for 6.5% as well. So, yeah, I don't really drink, I've not drunk many of their beers than their kind of core stuff. Um, so maybe it's a time I should start working through them actually so yeah really good um i have cracked another beer open though just because it's monday and and it's one you had last week um laura at least which is that uh triple point conic conic dot mundi and export lager which is dead nice i, I suspect it would be a, a oi sound coinic coinic i don't know coinic it's got little it's dots, a, hasn't it? Like Koenig. K- Koenig, I think it is, yeah. You're right, I remember. That's, that sounds more like it, yeah, cool. Yeah. Um, and uh, Laura, the Kaiser Dom, is it as you remember it? Yeah, it's really nice. I've drank quite a lot of it already. Um, it's Laura, just really Laura, refreshing. Laura, you said, you said earlier, sorry, that um, this is quite a statement as well. You said that that is better than Schoffer Hoffer. Um, which is incredible. I know the love that you've got for Schoff. So for something to get top side of that and be completely zero yeah. percent is incredible. Yeah, it is. I think it's just a bit more flavorful than Schoff. Mm. No shade on Schoff. I still love Schoff. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone's have it. Vault City did a beer called the Schoff. Uh, which is alcohol-free, and that is um, grapefruit and maybe lemon or grapefruit and orange or something. There's a couple of different flavours in that. Uh, but it is, uh, firstly, it's considerably more expensive than Schofferhofer, and uh, it's not as good. So um, I, um, I'm, I'm, I can't I can't say all, all that much um, about it other than that. Uh, but I'm looking forward to trying that one, Laura, because I've got one in the fridge. Can I add as well that the, uh, the fierce... Hazy, uh, and I don't say this lightly. This is by some distance the best alcohol-free beer that I've ever had, just by a mile. It is. It's just brilliant. It. It. I. I, I would defy anyone to know that this is an alcohol-free beer. It is superbly well made, um, and it just. I mean, maybe maybe I, I, it's that long since I've had a beer that I wouldn't. I wouldn't know the difference, but it tastes. Just really, I've almost got hot burn from it. It's um, it's it's just superb. So um, if you are trying to drink a little bit less, looking for decent alcohol-free options, try and get hold of um, fierce hazy. I don't know why I keep holding up to the screen because we don't <laughs> video things anymore. It's like I'm not being paid by fierce to say this, but this is the beer that you should be buying. Um, just brilliant, absolutely superb. James, I've got I've got a question for you on your alcohol-free uh, expertise. I think we could call it now. So, do any of the alcohol-free beers that you're buying get close in price to uh, an, a beer with alcohol in, or are they, are they all um, cheaper? Perhaps would be the simple question. Do any get close, and and should they get close? Um, I mean, I get I, it, this is a, a, a fairly you know, relative question on on just you know the, the the relationship between alcohol content and pricing, isn't it? Mm. Um, so you would always expect an alcohol-free beer to be <laughs> cheaper because you would expect the the duty, which I think is worked out on alcohol, to be 
less. Having said that, I uh, have no real objection to be it be more or less similarly priced to, you know, not not like a dipper, but you know, mm. a, a, a kind of a, a pail. If the work that's gone into it by the brewery is of the same level, um, and the quality of ingredients is the same, uh, you know, I'll use this as an example. This this fierce beer, I would happily pay, um, you know, kind of four or five pound for a kind of um, this because it tastes just like a, a really good pale would would do. Um, you know, maybe actually I'm pushing it a little bit towards the top end of what you'd expect to pay for an alcohol free beer. But you know, a lot of the ones that I've been buying and trying are kind of around the, between the three and four pound. Yeah, range, which is probably quite a lot. You know, you go to the supermarket, you can it get is. four alcohol-free beers for like three pound, three pound fifty, four mm. pound a, a push. So you don't have to. You, you can definitely get alcohol-free beers cheaper than normal beers. Um, but but yeah, some are um, definitely that lower range of of what you'd pay for. You know, like a, a while back, you for for a, a cloud water like three point five percent range, you'd probably pay about. <laughs> Three fifty-four pounds, and, and you could pay the same for for an alcohol-free beer if it's made as well. Then um, I haven't got an objection to that. The one issue that I've kind of got with it, and I I, I get it, I understand it, is something that you could pick up for less than a pound in a supermarket, being like four pound fifty, five pound in a bar. That that becomes quite mm. difficult to to take the the pricing of very poor alcohol-free options in pubs. But I get the fact that you're not, you know, you only, what, what you're paying, only a part of that is for the actual beer that you drink. The rest of it is for the fact that, well, you warm and the staff need paying. And mm. so your contribution to those things shouldn't necessarily be less. Um, but it does grate a little bit when you just think it's actually just not very good. So um, mm. I refuse to buy Bex Blue, just won't buy it if, you know, I'd rather have a glass of Coke or just get mm. a bottle of water or something in a in a place than pay like, you know, four quid for for something, something like that. So I think that's where the the, the there's a, a slight frustration on my part is the the bars that still don't have particularly great options but are charging quite a bit for what they are selling. Um I think, yeah, I mean, I don't know what what what's it like for you in terms of trade? We, the, uh, uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm asking that deliberately. We we sell plenty, but we um I, I feel personally that there should always be a discernible difference in price. So we stock um, no and low alcohol beers from Kaiserdom, the one that Laura's got there, 195 to all Lervig, Thornbridge, Sam Smith's, uh, Northern Monk, but none of them are any more uh, than £2.13 price. And we get offered, obviously, lots of other alcohol-free beers as well. But I feel when an alcohol-free beer is then the same price at three, we'd have to sell lots of them at Three pounds, three fifty, three nine five. It, it, uh, I've not quite convinced myself yet to uh, to jump up to that scale for us as a business yeah. in terms of in terms of stock. Uh, to all to all implosion, which is recognised as a a brilliant beer. I think that's two twenty or something like that. So I like I like there to be a discernible, measurable difference between the price on the no alcohols compared with the alcohols of course so i don't know whether i'm getting hung up on that too much i might have to just uh, uh chill out a little bit and and, and i get it i do get it a couple it. of the higher ones i suspect most people that are buying alcohol-free beers 
wouldn't like the idea of paying three fifty four pound for for an AF beer, um, and it, and it's probably part of the decision making process for someone if they do kind of move mm. on to drinking AFs. Um, I, I found that if I want to get some of the more, um, I'm going to say specialist stuff, but almost like some of the stuff that's made by the craft breweries, got to get it online. That yeah. that's you know you're not you're not going to walk in somewhere and be able to pick it up off the shelf. It's just not really yeah. going to happen. And I understand that for a business model for something like what you're doing, um, is is there enough of a market there to justify stocking that? Probably not. Like you know, there's going to be me that comes in and buys it, and maybe a couple <laughs> of other people. I I, I can't you know I, can't, mm. I, I do think it is is quite specialist that more expensive um mm. af range but you know this will change won't it i mean how long ago was it that mm. people having the same conversation about craft beer in general you mm. know are people going to pay that for you know could could can a, can a, a business mm. survive on selling stuff like that and you know that over the last 10 15 years has changed hugely mm. um and and i think you know af will will hopefully follow a similar sort of pattern very good good Cool. Just to briefly right. touch on uh, beer pricing. Well, not really. One thing I haven't mentioned, I also went to Manchester for the day. Uh, and we went to Cafe Beer Moth and I found tea on draft. Oh, yeah. The which, the tipper version. Yeah. And I think it was much nicer than putty. It's really hard to differentiate between them when you're <laughs> saying it out loud. To, to, three T's, three T's, not two T's. Three T's were better <laughs> than two, but yeah, that's it. Was I think it was like a five or a third, maybe six pound a third. So I'd, I enjoyed it anyway, and I think it was worth the money. But yeah, I just thought that was worth chucking in there because it was quite an exciting beer. Yeah, so that I mean, like the Sun newspaper had a field day, wouldn't there? With something that they were like, it's eighteen pound a pint, and it's like no one drinks it in pints because you'll die. Like, <laughs> don't be stupid. Um, but yeah, I mean, how long ago that people would have have just quaffed at the idea of going in somewhere and spending five pound, five fifty, six pound on a, a third? People wouldn't even consider it. So, um, it's always it's always changing, isn't it? And always um and always moving. Um, have we got anything else? I think we're pretty much yeah. done for. for, I've, for I've got something. I've got something which I'd, we haven't really brought up in a while, and it's new venues. Hmm. And um, there was one we put in our chat the other day, which was. A little hint to a new venue in collaboration with uh, the Cider Hall and um, the, Bear, the Bear, yeah, yeah. Um, which is early stages, but it looks like that is going to be exciting. the centre. Um, and then another one that I'd kind of almost forgotten about, but we haven't brought up, is because I walked past it the other day, which was, was actually started work on, is uh, we're getting a vocation bar, um, which is in the old um, old house um, venue, yes. so. Across Division from, Street. Yeah, Division Street, kind of across from Brewdog sort of area, um, which is nice. I don't know how many there... I mean, there's the couple that are in Ebden Bridge, there's a Leeds one, I think, but I don't know how how many more there is across the country. One could, in Manchester. Is that the old... I know, I'm thinking of... That's another food hall-y kind of thing, like... The yeah, one it is. is it where you have to go down those little stairs, isn't it, to that? I can't Society think what it's called. called. Yes, that's it, yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that's interesting. And then um, Fagans is back open, and I, I did pop my head in just out of curiosity. <laughs> There's another one that James O'Hara's kind of well collaboration have kind of yeah picked that up, um, and that was really busy. Um, I don't think I've been in there for 
God knows how many years, but yeah, just um, interesting to see the kind of buzz around that and kind of what that's done. I, God knows how many people went in on a normal like Thursday tea time, but um, yeah, it was pretty full on a Thursday, sort of about six o'clock. So um, yeah, they've, nice they've done see. a really good job out there building a buzz around it, which <laughs> we for, for a pub that was basically on the verge of just going out of existence to suddenly being like brought back to life so dramatically is um, is uh, it's impressive to see how they, they they did that. So fair play. We had a customer in at the weekend that was elated to see that the Arctic Monkeys had bought the uh, Fagins, and <laughs> and were, were, were I think they were expecting to. To have them in there pulling <laughs> behind the bar, I know one of the, I know one of the the the, the band has invested, but uh, that's that's part of the boat you see. Someone had, had misinterpreted it, and and uh, they thought that the, the lads would be there behind the bar pulling the pints. I know they're famous which would, for the, which would be good. I know they're famous for their Guinness, but I kind of I don't know how good or bad Guinness can be. Really, but I'm interested. They're like pumps are very, very different to the ones I've ever seen anywhere else. I can't really explain it, but they're like kind of they're kind of like modern but retro. They've got these kind of like they're quite graphic kind of. I don't know. It's hard to explain. But I was like, oh, I've never, mm. I've never seen a Guinness tap with a with that kind of uh, branding before. Um, so I don't know whether that's bespoke or whether that's deserved for the cool uh, cool kids who oh, apparently pull the best. Guinness in town. Are you are you being paid by them? Because now you've made me want to no. go just to see the Guinness pumps. No commission. No. <laughs> I think Adam's also just describing himself as a cool kid as well, which is. Uh, I was just more curious than anything. <laughs> that is that. That's the place now for the cool kids to hang out, is it? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'll make a mental note that I'm not allowed to go there. <laughs> I'd quite a hophead if you if you if you're interested. <laughs> Good stuff. Right, I think that's going to wrap us up then, isn't it? For uh, for uh, this month, obviously we are back online this month, but it is just a one-off. Um, we will be um, somewhere back in the flesh in um, April and um, don't know where. I know we, we, we were so organised at the start of this year and we were like, we set up like a special calendar that we can put all our things on so we can all see it. And then um, it's all gone a little bit out of the window, but we'll be back somewhere in April back in person so we'll 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 see you then and if we don't speak before have a cracking easter see ya